Bye. You're listening to the See the Unseen podcast, where our number one focus is creating a little visibility for people who deserve a whole lot of spotlight. I'm your host, Melissa Georgioff, and I'm here to share some amazing stories that can transform and inspire lives. So get ready to take those blinders off and see the unseen. And welcome to the podcast. Tonight, I have a very special guest. I am here with Sarah Hardwig. Sarah is a 20-year-old Nashville singer-songwriter. She's a college student from Belmont University, where she's majoring in songwriting. She has performed at the Nashville Bluebird Cafe and the Listening Room, just to name a few. She's been on the Bobby Bone Show. She's performed the national anthem over 200 times. And she's performed on stage with people like Lauren Elena, uh, Low Cash, and Charles Kelly from Lady A. What many of you might not know about Sarah is that she was diagnosed at five months old with a rare eye disorder that impaired her vision. I am honored to have Sarah here on the podcast tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about what it's like living without sight, performing, songwriting, and she's going to sing and play her guitar tonight for us. So I am so excited to have you on the podcast, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Melissa, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So let's just get into it. First of all, we had all these technical difficulties, so (laughs) we got over all of those, (laughs) thankfully, right? Yes. So let's talk. I want to ask you, is it okay if we kind of have a conversation about your vision loss? Yes, that's absolutely all right with me. Okay, so I know a lot of people and, you know, I was very curious uh, and I have so many different questions for you. Um, It's just how much vision do you have? So when when I was first born, um, I could see I could see shadows and I could possibly see some color because I used to kind of track things with my eyes. And then at about three or four months, I stopped, um, I stopped tracking things. So my parents sent me to the Baskin Palmer uh, Eye Institution in Miami. And that's where I was diagnosed with uh, Leber's congenital amaurosis. Now there are many variants of the disease, but the variant I have um, affects uh, my genes and my eye to the point where I can only see light and darkness and that's it. No shadows, no color, nothing else. So you've literally never had seen anything your entire life. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So what's it like growing up like that? Like, how, how is it? How do you navigate life? So just kind of walk me through like a normal day in your life. Mm. Well, let's say, so let's say I was, um, Let's say I was going to uh, one of my classes, like uh, one of my classes at Belmont. So I would I would wake up, I would get ready in the morning as as per usual. Um, I would I would go down the elevator of uh, my residence hall, and then I would use I would use different sound cues to start navigating to my classroom, and I would 
I would rehearse the the roots in my mind over and over and over again and practice them in person physically over and over again so I could know where to go and I would get to my classroom and I'd probably take some notes on my laptop because I have a screen reader with it. And um, yeah, that that's how that's how a typical day in the life would be. And if I have a gig that night, then I'll play that gig. So that's a typical day in the life for me. So when you say you would walk these routes, you're mm-hmm. like, you h- tell me how that happens. Like you do you walk the same places over and over and you know how many steps you took or how help help the viewers understand what does that mean? So what I mean by I practice these routes over and over again is um, I don't usually count how many steps I go before before I need to make a turn or something like that. I mean, yes, to an extent I do, but I more or less focus on what's around me because I'm using I'm using a cane. So let's say there is a so let's say there is a turn that I need to take after some grass ends. So I would use my cane and I would focus on the the grass that um, I would focus on the grass that I need to help me find where the turn is. So when the grass ends, so I know, okay, when this grass ends, I'm going to make a turn to the right. So that's kind of, that's kind of stuff that I focus on. And if, if I'm in a hallway, for example, and I know to turn left at the dead end, then I turn left at the dead end. So that's how I practice roots. So are you afraid? Do you ever feel like you're afraid to take the next step or, or are you like, is your cane really, really helpful? Or do you have someone with you a lot when you're, when you're walking to different classes or, or you're going to school? So I would be, so I would only be afraid to take the next step when I'm going downstairs, because even though my cane is there, I'm always scared that I'm going to fall down those stairs. <laughs> but me too. The, I've fallen down a lot of stairs before. But <laughs> oh boy, Go, going upstairs is fine. But I've had nightmares where I've just completely rolled down some stairs and hurt myself. <laughs> so other than other than that, I'm really not afraid of. I'm really not afraid of anything else, as far as as far as navigation goes. So the technology that you use um, must be pretty intense because, you know, I've texted you, I've emailed you. Tell me a little bit about the technology that you use to communicate. Okay, so the technology that I use on my laptop is something called JAWS. Um, I have used that probably ever since middle school. Um, uh, in elementary school, I used something called Windows Eyes, which does not exist anymore. So JAWS was kind of the replacement of that, and it's been around longer. So that's pretty much that's pretty much the program that that blind people use. I mean, there are other programs out there, but I would say that JAWS is is the most successful program. So I use that to um, navigate the internet and uh, respond to emails on my computer. But I can also do that stuff on my phone because Apple has this feature called voiceover. They've pretty much had it ever since their iPod touches came out, I think. 
and that reads what's on the screen, very similar to JAWS. So uh, yeah, I can, I can do a lot of things uh, because of that. And there's also voiceover on Mac as well, whenever I need to be doing any production stuff for any of my classes. So that's the technology I use. And do you have like a certain button that you can press when you want to talk and communicate something back, like back to me? Um, well, no, there's not really that option on the computer unless there's a button that says um, that, uh, you know, that says unmute or mute microphone. I mean, of course there is. But whenever I would send texts to you, I would use um, the, the dictation feature on my phone because I absolutely hate typing on my phone because it takes forever. So uh, uh, I was you can actually type on your phone. Yes, you can. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's a very slow process, and I might as well either send you an audio message or dictate one to, what I want to say in text form and send it to you. So, you know, you probably get this question a lot, but mm -hmm. do you know the difference? Like when people talk about colors, uh -huh. um, this fascinates me is that do you like is something that's warm or is that how they describe like red or do they say things that are cool are blue? Like, how does that register in your mind when you, when people talk about colors? Mm, colors are a very slippery slope because I, I mean, I can't really see them. So I've, I, so I don't know like what color looks like. So when someone, I, I just kind of feel in my mind what they look like. Um, it's, well, what it's does very, red feel like to you? Red feels like, um, hmm. well, I, I guess a better way to explain this is if someone, if, if someone tells me, Hey, this thing is red like this, then I get, okay, it's, it's red, like blood or something like that. That that's a little bit of a, a really, you know, over the top description, but yeah, that's, that's how, that's how I can understand colors a little bit better. Like, oh, it's, it's blue. Like when someone says like, oh, it's, this thing is blue. I'd be like, okay, it's blue in my mind. I'd be, I'd think, okay, it's blue, like the sky or the ocean. And those things are really blue. So that's how I would, that's how I think about color. So you associate it with different things and, and, yes. And so I imagine your sense of touch, your sense of hearing is, do you feel like it's, um, I, I don't know, more sensitive? Because I remember I was talking to you when I first called you and you were like, hey, I'm sorry, you were, I was a little distracted that um, a car drove by. Is it because like, are you more in tune with what's going on? And you're like paying attention to so many details that maybe because people who can see they're like so distracted with so many other things that do you feel like you're more hypersensitive to um, what's really going on? Oh, yeah. My hearing is really, really, really hypersensitive. Sometimes <laughs> too, sometimes too sensitive, like loud noises can can scare me pretty good. Um, but yeah, but I can hear a lot of details and things. And that can sometimes be a problem, um, especially when it comes to like, you know, if I if I hear myself sing, I can really, really um, 
uh, I can really uh, criticize myself a lot. And but but it's also kind of good because, you know, I can hear I can hear the walls around me. I can hear that like a wall is to my right. I can hear that I have a a uh, a patio out there to my left and I can hear the cars going by. So I guess, um, yes, my hearing is is oversensitive sometimes, but sometimes it's, it's a blessing and sometimes it's a curse, you know. Well, what I've heard is that you have perfect pitch. So, and that is amazing. Um, Yeah, I mean. Well, it isn't necessarily amazing when someone's guitar is out of tune at an open mic night and you're like, oh, please, please tune your guitar better. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Right. They're giving you some bad, bad uh, uh, musical instruments. Yes. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be able to tell with my singing. So you don't want me to sing. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that are difficult for you? Because, you know, I'm sitting here, I just have so many questions. And um, I think of like, if I've never, like, first of all, do you feel like you're missing anything? Because I think about if you've never seen anything, how do you know you're missing anything? Like, you would think maybe you're not. Like, do you feel like you're missing out on anything? Well, I do feel like I'm missing out on something. Like if I want to, if I want to see, um, this example came up uh, this weekend. If I want to see what a rocket launch looks like and and I can't, and I can just hear it, but I really want to see it, then yeah, that's something I miss out on for sure. But if someone say wants me to like, like see some kind of, TikTok video or some kind of meme online, that's not necessarily something that I miss because that's really, really overstimulating. And, you know, especially like phones and stuff like that. I don't need to be, I don't need to be stimulated more, you know? (laughs) That's really interesting. I'll bet you there's a calmness to not seeing all of the things on social media for sure. Oh yeah. So when you think of things that are beautiful, what do you think about? The first thing that comes to mind that is beautiful is the ocean, specifically because of how it sounds. And um, I've heard people say that sometimes the ocean or similar lakes or rivers can be so blue or so transparent that you can that you can see you can see what's at the bottom. You can see every little fish that swims through the water. So that's what I think of my, in my mind when I think of something that's, that's absolutely beautiful. That's, that's beautiful um, that you recognize that it's like, have you, do you have any like grasp of how big the ocean is? Uh, I know it's big enough to the point where there's like seven sections of ocean, basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. Do it's, you, it's, especially the Gulf of Mexico, it's, I mean, it's huge. It is so huge. What is, what, what do you think about when you think about something being ugly? What do you attach to that? Hmm. To be honest, I really don't know because I don't, I don't know what, ugly is in a way um like if if someone says that someone is ugly 
I really don't care whether they're ugly or not because right. I can't. But do you think like their personality, like when you hear someone, do you think that's ugly? Like because with like if they're not a nice person, does that does that resonate with you or? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, like if if someone has a bad personality, then yes, I would I would probably say that they don't look ugly, but their personality definitely is. Right. Well, I'm just going to tell you, you look beautiful. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And you look so cool with that guitar in your hand. Thank you so much. Um, and, you know, I want to get, and I here's what, I'm going to tell you a little story about what I did one time. Okay. Because I want the viewers to hear that, um, you know, this is a difficult conversation. Like, I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. I was like, what do I ask you? And I don't want to offend you, but I'm Great. super curious about things. Um <laughs> And, you know, I've made mistakes before. Like when I text you, uh, we were talking about it earlier, when I um, text you a couple days ago and I said, hey, I just wanted to get you, a, I wanted you to get a sense of one of the podcasts. And so I said, hey, this is the podcast I did with Tommy Carlos. Um, you know, let me know what you think. I just want you to take a, you know, watch it and let me know what you think. And then literally the next day I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't hear back from Sarah. And then I'm like taking my makeup off. And then I just literally lost it. I'm like, Oh my God, what did I just say? And then um, Andy's like, what? And I said, I, I told Sarah to watch this video. She's blind. My I can't God. see it. Yeah. I'm like, I have really messed up. And so um, I text you and I'm like, I hope I didn't offend you. You know, I'm so sorry. You know, I meant, you know, I want you to listen to it. And you were like, so cool about it. You're like, I know what you meant. Yeah. You know? So. I, the reason I'm going to tell I'm going to tell that story and then I'm going to tell a, a story when I was really stupid. Okay. okay. So, um, Senator Tammy Duckworth, she is, um, state Senator in the state of Illinois. And, um, I met her and a couple of different times she came to our office when I was working for a wheelchair company and she was such a cool lady. I mean, she's a double amputee. Um, oh, you know, wow. she was in Iraq. She had both of her legs blown off. I mean, she's a mom. She's written a book. Super cool lady. And I'm sitting there with her and everybody was we were waiting on other people. And I guess I was just pretty nervous and, you know, and a little feeling a little intimidated by her. And so, you know, I'm just trying to make small talk. And I'm like, hey, you know, um, Tammy, I said, you know, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, cute shoes. And I said, um, are they comfy? And she just looks at me and she's like, well, I can't really feel my feet. So I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. Here's like, <laughs> I'm like, that was dumb, uh, dumb thing to say. So but you know what? She was just super fun about it. And so the reason I'm saying this is that, you know, we have to kind of just make fun of ourselves sometimes and be OK with saying something, you know, stupid because we're going to end up messing up. And that yeah. was my big concern with this interview was like, I don't want to say something that to ever offend you or anything. So if, uh, if somehow that comes across, then I'm going to apologize for it now. But I love that you just kind of go with it. Yeah, I mean, if, if it's, it, you have, you have to make fun of your disability at some point, because I mean, if, if you don't, then I mean, what's the point, you're just gonna be miserable, you know, <laughs> you got to get used to it at some point. So what what are the things that like people commonly do or that you're like, oh, my gosh, like, is that that's why are they doing that? Why did they say that? 
Is there are there certain things that people do that are like that? Uh, no. I mean, n- not that I can think of at the top of at the top of my head. So I can't really I can't really answer that question. I mean, I guess I guess when someone else says, "Oh my goodness, why did they do that?" Then I guess I tend to follow suit. <laughs> you know. Sure. Well, let's talk, let's go into, first of all, you might been, you might've been born without vision, but you were born with an amazing voice. I mean, you, you literally, as Will Ferrell would say, have a voice of an angel. So I am so jealous. Um, I've heard you. um, I know that you played at the listening room. I'm going to throw a picture up here um, of you playing at the listening room. I think you played a Carrie Underwood song there. Yeah. Um, I know you've played at the Bluebird Cafe. Um, Tell me a little bit about playing at those two venues. Do you do, how often do you play there? So I play, so for now I play the listening room uh, happy hours, uh, which are, which is uh, before uh, the listening room shows, uh, before they open the doors. So I, I play in like that little lobby area. I've been doing that for, um, the past two to three weeks, like I, I'd play, I'd play a show and then I would wait two to three weeks and then I would play another one. So that's what I've been doing at the listening room. And I've also kind of been doing that t- at the Bluebird Cafe to an extent for a few, not even a few months, pro- probably ever since December last year is when I played, was when I really played the Bluebird Cafe for the first time. And by the way, that that venue is is absolutely amazing to play at. I mean, it's it's the most intimate thing ever because there's only because there's only 100, 125 people. So it's really, really intimate. And the people there actually listen and similar to the listening room cafe. Everyone listens. And I really, really enjoy that about playing at those two venues. Yeah, and you have to be really good for it to be, play at the listening room. I, I mean, uh, not yeah. listening room, of course, at the listening room, but I'm talking about the Bluebird Cafe. You, yep. They don't just let anybody play there. Nope. Right. Nope. And uh, other, other, the- other, other than open mics, but even then you have to be really, really lucky in order to get picked to play those. Right. Well, I think it's time that maybe you play a little song for us. I'd love for the viewers to hear. What are you going to play for us? So the first song I'm going to play is a song that I wrote a couple weeks ago, and I don't really want to explain the song too much because I think the song can do the talking for me. So I I wrote this song with Logan Jarvis, and the song is called Say It Anyway.
so much sarah that was beautiful thank you very much i love that so you're it was that true that your teachers told you to write a song and tell your own story well uh not necessarily um more context behind that song i just wanted to write a song that was very truthful to me um because i believe that authenticity really plays a big role in the music industry um uh, and uh, I decided to uh, write that song with my friend Logan, and that's what we came up with. That's really awesome, and you know, I think it's, I think it's great that you you do tell your own story, and nobody can tell a story like yourself, right? Because you know, we're all so unique, and we all have a story to tell. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, that by sharing your story, that you're helping other people too. Yes, that's what I hope too. So let's talk about um, when did you start singing? Because I I saw a video um, where you were singing, and I think it was in kindergarten. But did what age did you start singing? So I started singing around the ha- ha- around the house at three or four years old. Um, uh, one of one of my musical memories 
that's not necessarily singing related, but one of my musical memories that's my that's one of my favorites is um, my uh, my parents had a um, had a drum corps show on, and I just remember kind of sitting or standing in front of the TV and and uh, and listening to that and. That was when I knew I wanted to do something musical related. And then they started playing country music and pop music around the house. Uh, that mostly came from my mom. Thanks, mom. And uh, uh, I got a I picture just... of your mom here, too. Let's throw mom up yeah. on the screen here. Hey, I think you guys were at Old Red. Yeah. Is that Dirk's? That's not Dirk Bentley's place. Whose no. place is that? No, that's Blake Shelton's place. Blake Shelton's place. That's right. Yeah. Um, and then I also have a picture of your dad here. I'm going to throw yeah. that up. You're, yeah. It looks like you're at some sort of concert. Um, yeah. And you both look super happy. Yes. Um, uh, so anyway, that, you know, the, the pop music and the country music around the house thing mostly came from my mom. And I just remember uh, singing along to, you know, singing along to, you know, whatever, wh whatever was on the radio, especially Carrie Underwood. And uh, um, my first public performance was uh, when I was uh, five years old at my kind kindergarten graduation. And I was I was so afraid to sing. Um, I, I was just so afraid to sing and then I sang and I felt happy afterwards. And then uh, three years later, I started my, I started to take my career seriously when I was eight years old. I did see you singing in uh, kindergarten and I think it was your teacher that said you had perfect pitch, right? Yep. That's, that's how, that's pretty much the first person that found out that I was perfect pitch was uh, my kindergarten, kindergarten music teacher, uh, Mr. Nichols. Well, you sure. also were singing, you've been singing, yes, you said since three, but like I've seen you sing with um, like on different stages and at different shows, like you were on the Bobby Bone show and I think you were 10 years old. I've got a picture oh, yeah. here. I'm going to yeah, throw up. <laughs> you were singing with these headphones on and you were singing uh, Two Black Cadillacs, I think it was. Yeah, Two Black Cadillacs by Carrie Underwood. Yes. <laughs> Right. And um, and there was another song you sang. Oh, there was this um, this stalker song that you and Bobby Bones were singing. Oh, do you yeah. remember that one? Yes. I so remember you were that. singing some, you were he, you were singing the lyrics and then he would like pitch in this rap song about stalking you. And then you were no, you st st stalking. Yeah. Stalking like the, the singer of the chorus. Yes. Right. It was hilarious. If you haven't seen that, um, to the viewers out there, they, they, you have to pull that up because it was really cute. He was talking about how he kept stalking you. And then um, hilarious. here's a picture of you with Lunchbox. So do you frequent the Bobby Bone Show? Because um, you've been on there a few times, right? I have only been on there once. Um, oh, I thought, you, I thought I swore I saw you on there twice. Well, uh, it's time no. for you to be on again. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I've only been on the Bobby Bone show once. I was probably mentioned briefly a couple of the times, but yeah, I've only been on there once. And that was an experience for sure. So how did you start to learn to play the guitar? Um, was that difficult for you to play? So a little context. So um, when I used to live in Naples, um, there would be a songwriters festival, 
uh, nearby called the Island Hopper Songwriters Festival. It started in, I think, 2014. And um, it it took place uh, over a couple weeks, a couple weekends. The first weekend, it took place in Sanibel, which is an absolutely beautiful island. And then the next weekend, it would take place um, on Fort Myers Beach. And as soon as I heard about this festival, I was I was really interested, and it was it was sponsored by BMI. And um, what so the the a a really a really hot person in like a high role at BMI um, heard me singing, and he said you need to start learning how to play the guitar if you really, really want to start uh, doing things like writing songs and stuff like that, because your voice is great, but you can, you could really go far with a guitar. And the kind of, the ironic thing is my parents, um, my parents had wanted me to learn guitar for a long time and they had tried, you know, to, to have my, elementary uh music teacher uh teach me and stuff like that and i just would not practice or whatever but as soon as dan spears from bmi challenged me to play the guitar i started learning how to play it in like 2015 or 2016 and it was it was definitely harder uh, at first but it definitely got easier as it went on so it sounds like you might have a little competitive bone there. Yeah. Are you competitive? Uh, I don't know. I, I tend to think of myself as a diplomatic person for sure, but I think I do have a little bit of a competitive side to me uh, for well, sure. When you said Dan Spears, you know, kind of challenged you to learn the guitar, I guess, then you had uh -huh. to show him, huh? Had to show him up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you started getting into songwriting. You said you took, you went to some of these songwriting festivals. Um, where does, how do, do you write your own songs that you're recording? Um, and where do you look for inspiration about when you write? Yep, I do write my own songs that I record. Um, I'm not opposed to recording uh, songs from other songwriters though, but for the moment, yes, I do write my own songs. And as far as inspiration goes, um, I don't really look anywhere for inspiration. I'm just inspired by the things that happened in my life. Um, I may be inspired by a conversation that someone is having. Um, so I don't really have a central place that I go to for inspiration. It just kind of, it just kind of comes to me. And that's the best way. Yep. So I know you sing all kinds of different genres because I, literally there's nothing you can't sing. I've heard you sing like rock and country and pop. And uh, but let's first talk about you singing the national anthem. So you've sang this national anthem over 200 times. Yeah. OK, I'm going to throw up a picture here. I think this. Yeah, this is just a picture with um, looks like some veterans. Uh, you're holding a microphone and sing, looks like you were singing. And then you were singing also at this, um, it's called the uh, Trans Perfect Music City. Bolt, yep. Bolt, okay. Um, I think I even have a video of you singing the national anthem. So 
Let me pull that up real quick. And it has okay. a little bit of an echo effect, but I want everyone to take a listen. So how many people did you sing in front of? That was probably about 50 to 60,000 people. Oh that. my gosh. Were you nervous? Oh yeah. I was, <laughs> I was so nervous. Yes. So what, so why have you sang 200 times this national anthem? Because you know, there's a lot of people can't even remember the words to the national anthem. <laughs> um, um, but well, you and it's like one of the hardest songs to sing, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's it's pretty hard. I mean, I've I've sung it over two hundred times, and I can officially say yes, it it can be hard to sing sometimes. <laughs> well, you sounded amazing. Thank you very much, Melissa. So you've also performed with so many different um, headliners in Nashville. I feel like there's a picture of you with every single Nashville singer um, that's ever been to Nashville. Would yes. you agree? Oh yeah. Yep. You have pictures with everyone. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit, cause like, let me, I'm just going to throw a few of these pictures up here. First of all, there's here you are with Lauren Elena. Yeah. Um, you've, you've met Steven Tyler. You were like, how old were you when you were singing with Steven Tyler? 10? I, I met Steven when I was 16. Oh, you were 16? Yes. Okay. So I remember you kind of started singing and he started to kind of harmonize with you. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then here you are with Chris Young. Um, <laughs> I think I've met him more times than I've Chris Young or like you've met this guy how many times? Oh, gosh. Close to 30, I'd say. Is he one of your favorites? Oh, yeah. I remember having a crush on him when I was eight. That was a weird time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I saw just recently you met Jelly Roll. Yeah, that was awesome. So tell me a little bit about that. So I met Jelly Roll uh, at uh, something that Billboard hosted at a venue called Marathon Music Works uh, in Nashville. And it was basically interviews with um, with various country singers. And sometimes they would have four, three or four country singers on at one time. And sometimes there would just be a conversation with one singer. And Jelly Roll was the last person to be interviewed. And uh, when he got done with his interview, he was signing pictures for everyone and taking pictures with everyone. He's, he's amazing signing pictures and taking selfies with, with everyone. And uh, I just decided to start singing and see how he would react. And then I got a picture with him, I think afterwards. And it, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. And he's, he is such an honest guy and that is what I absolutely love and admire about him. And he doesn't, he doesn't put himself into a box as far as music genres go. So that's, that's another reason to admire him. So it was, I agree. Was I think that's why he's so popular is that people yeah. want to see that honesty and they want people to be real and they want to know that you've been through some tough times too. 
Yep. So, yeah, he's kind of a big deal right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I see that you've met Chase Rice. Here's like a couple pictures with Chase Rice. Um, I actually met Chase too. I have a a friend of ours who has a podcast and he's a lobbyist and um, his name's Joel Clayfish and he had him at his house once and it was on my birthday or any of the guys saying happy birthday to me. I'm like, how cool is that? Dang, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So I, I know he chases a really nice guy. Um, yeah, I saw here you have, you've met John Party, uh, Daryl Worley. There's pictures of you with Kelsey Ballerini. Um, Low Cash. Um, pretty much everyone. Here's Miranda Lambert. I mean, I guess we could really get political here as, you know, you've met Miranda Lambert. What do you think about what, what happened with, um, her and her concert with, with the selfies? What's your take on that? Uh, honestly, I haven't really, I haven't really heard about that. So I can't comment. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I think basically what happened is that she was upset because someone, she stopped her show because someone was taking a selfie picture while she was singing so it kind of blew up um oh. on social media uh, you'll have to look that one up okay well i mean if if you want if you want my opinion of that based based on what you told me um i don't i don't see the i i kind of see the need uh, you know i kind of see why she freaked out but um it's kind of a double-edged sword because um you know a lot a lot of people take a lot of people take pictures at concerts, period. Um, whether, you know, whether they're taking pictures of the artists or whether they're taking pictures of 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 uh, themselves with like the the stage, like in the background while the artist is performing. I've I've done that before. So um, right. I, I definitely see that there's there's not a need for that. But I can also see, you know, hey, this this person isn't paying attention to me. They're not, you know, they're not paying attention to what I'm singing. Um, so yeah, I, I can, de- I can definitely see both sides to that for sure. Sure. Well, she's human and maybe she had a bad night, you know, yeah, or, maybe, and was maybe. like, you know, everybody just calm down and listen to what I'm singing. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but let's go, let's start talking about the fact that you have sang with Charles Kelly, who is the lead singer of Lady A Mm-hmm. multiple times so like yeah. I, i'm gonna throw up a few pictures here of you with him on stage um here's one where i think you were singing need you now mm-hmm. um there's another one uh some up close pictures here um i think i even have a video of you um singing with him it's kind of long i'm just gonna show um a quick clip of it uh, because I think it's super cool. Here we go. The louder we go, the worse this song is going to sound. So I'm going to go ahead and hit y'all with my best. Here we go. If any of you ladies. Girl. Girl. Oh. Oh my God. I heard this girl sing today. I swear to God. Unreal. Please, God, do the same. Y'all are in for a treat, I swear to God. 
you met Charles Kelly? <laughs> so <laughs> I met Charles Kelly because he was participating in a uh, local golf tournament, I think that when that my father was covering because he used to be a sports editor at the Naples Daily News. And Charles was actually supposed to be uh, performing a concert uh, during the golf tournament along with Darius Rucker. And since my dad was uh, covering the tournament, um, he decided to uh, bring me to uh, where the tournament was taking place and have me meet uh, Charles Kelly and uh, Darius Rucker. And I remember meeting Charles and, and singing uh, to him. And um, he, was, he was very impressed. And um, after that, I remember hearing uh, Charles uh, doing sound check on the stage and he started singing need you now and uh, my dad kind of chipped chipped in at some point uh, when I was listening and he said you might want to be prepared because he might call uh, someone up on stage to sing with him so as soon as, as you can see in the clip as as soon as he said you know if, if any of you ladies and I knew what he was going to say. If any of you ladies want to come up here and sing, come on up here. And as soon as he said, if any of you ladies, I, I raised my cane up and he saw me and uh, I came up on stage and sang with him. So that was, you know, that was that quite great. When Charles Kelly says that this, this girl sings amazing. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Right. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And you've not only sang with him once. I mean, you've sang with him multiple times. Yeah. Right? Three times. Three times. Yeah. How cool is that? That That is cool. <laughs> and you've also sang with Low Cash, right? Here's a picture yes. of you. Um, I watched this video, too. You were you're up on stage. I don't know what bar this is, um, but you're in Nashville. You I think you sang Pat Benatar um, hit me with your best shot. Oh, that was in uh, that was in Fort Myers when I was on vacation in Florida. Uh, okay, so that was at the ranch in Fort Myers. So yeah. I would encourage people to go out there and watch these videos on your YouTube. So you have Sarah Hardwick has a um, YouTube page, and um, you should subscribe to that because she's got a ton of different videos where you're singing with all of these different artists. Mm -hmm. um, you also sang with um, Lauren Elena. What's your connection with her? I, I've seen that you've, you've sang with her a couple of times too, right? Yes. So uh, I first met Lauren 
in um, 2012, yes, 2012 at uh, something that was going on during uh, CMA, Fe CMA Fest, um, which I would come to every, every single year uh, before I moved here. And I, I still go uh, when it happens. Um, but I met Lauren in 2012 at uh, the City of Hope Celebrity Softball Game because they had a great lineup of artists. Um, uh, she was there. Carrie Underwood was there. So I got to meet Carrie, too. But um, uh, after the game, I got to meet Lauren Elena. And I remember singing. Oh, man. I remember singing one of my songs to her. And, and she loved it. She loved it so much. And um, uh, I went to her fan club in 2019 at Marathon Music Works. And uh, they had karaoke at the fan club party when everyone was doing their meet and greets. Uh, they would have karaoke for the people that were that were waiting. And uh, one of the songs I decided to do was uh, one of Lauren's songs, Like My Mother Does. And I guess she assumed that it was me and she decided to stop her meet and greet and run up on stage and sing with me. And that was an absolute wow. joy to experience. Well, then I got to show this video because yeah. first of all, that song literally makes me tear up and cry. Like I posted it like months ago on my Facebook page because I heard it for the first time and I just started crying. Um, yeah because I lost my mom back in 2010 and it made me think about her. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and play this real quick. All right. Here's ready? beautiful and I literally get chills when I hear you sing that song Aww. and I know Lauren Elena came up and surprised you and sang with you during that mm -hmm. so so cool so tell me you meet all these different celebrities who's like the nicest person that that you've ever met that's a Nashville uh singer oh gosh I can't <laughs> I can't even <laughs> answer that question okay, I how about a couple nice ones who, oh, what are, who are your boy. favorites well Lauren Lauren is such a sweetheart she is such an angel um 
she definitely comes to mind as like the nicest, the nicest person I have ever met. And I guess I'm a little bit biased about this next one. Uh, Chris Young, I've met him so many times and he has just been the sweetest person to me going back to when I was eight to, to even now. Um, he, he's just been very, very supportive of me and I'm glad I have so many I'm, I'm glad I have so many uh, people in Nashville that support me because that, that really keeps me going. So Lorna Lynn and Chris Young, Lorna Lynn and Chris Young are definitely the, the two nicest that I've met for sure. I do love some Chris Young music. So um, maybe you should do a duet with him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he does have a duet with Cassidy Pope and uh, I don't know, maybe one of those days he'll pull me up on stage and I'll sing the duet with him. I don't know. We'll see. That's all right. We'll put that on the goal list, right? Yes. <laughs> so now I know that you are getting, did you really, you've released your first single. Correct? Uh-huh. Yep. Correct. Okay. And what's, what's the name of that? Uh, the first single I released as an artist uh, uh, was released in November last year. Uh, uh, close to my, uh, three days before my birthday. And, uh, it was a song called who I am. And I think the the song title explains itself pretty well, you know? And so I think I saw a video of you hearing it for the first time. Can you tell me what it felt like to hear your song played on the radio for the first time? Yes. So my song, who I am was played on, an online radio station called Radio Sobro, which is based here in Nashville. And it is uh, an independent radio station online. And they had their new new song uh, feature that they would do uh, every Friday. And my song just so happened to be picked as their new song. And uh, I got to hear it for the first time and that was an absolute joy to experience. I I'm pretty sure I almost cried. I'm pretty yeah. I think you I'm did. pretty sure like in the video I I say like more than a few times I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. It was it was an absolute thrill to hear it and and to know that other people were listening to it too. So I've heard it and it's really good. Mm-hmm. Would you. you like to play another song for us? Actually, who I am was was the song I was planning on playing next. Okay, well, perfect timing then. Yeah. Um, you can hear this song on, for those of you who want to down, uh, download and stream this song, you can you can stream it on Apple Music and Spotify, and you can download it off of iTunes, and you can listen to it on basically every, almost every streaming platform that music can be heard. So uh, this song is called Who I Am, and I hope you like it. Where? 
pretty thank you sarah yeah so you wrote that song um did you had someone else that wrote wrote it with you yes my producer julian sunby helped me write that song so shout out to him he's amazing so awesome and now you have a new um do you have a new album coming out though um no i don't have a new album coming out or a new ep um but um i hope to release um a string of songs starting hopefully by the end of this year we're trying to get the final mixes in uh so we're going to release these songs uh, in a six to eight week period probably uh starting uh uh late late this year and probably into early next year and i'm really excited for everyone to hear these songs I'm excited to hear them that too. So I know that you're going to college. I don't know how you're balancing all of this. Cause I see you playing like everywhere you're playing. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. And it's very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> so you're going to college, you're playing music, you're songwriting as well. And so what are, what do you hope to achieve? Like, are you, you want to be an artist you want, or are you want to stick in the songwriting side of the business? Well, since the music industry is kind of unpredictable, um, um, I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily sure what my what my future holds, and sometimes even my near future. But uh, my goal is to uh, become a um, uh, is is to get uh, these these three songs uh, is to get these three songs out um, and 
maybe do a couple tours. They don't even have to be like international tours. They can just be regional tours or something like that, you know, because I, I want to get these songs out to as, as many people as I can. And depending on how the music industry uh, treats me or depending on how things go, um, I would eventually like to start, I would eventually like to start writing some songs for other people as well, because I believe that everyone has a story and everyone has the capabilities uh, to tell that story. Maybe they just might need a little bit of help with that. And if I can help uh, someone tell their story, then that's great. That, that is the yeah. best reward you can ask for. Yeah, I know. I, you know, I interviewed Tommy Carlos, who's involved in creative vets. And so he's writing with veterans and maybe yeah. that's an avenue too, that you could pursue because I think there's 150 or 200 uh, veterans that are on the list to write songs. And, you know, wow. I don't know what the challenge is if maybe they don't have enough song songwriters, who knows? Um, but yeah, I, I'm so excited to see what you're going to do. Um, what would you say that your most proud moment is? Oh boy. <laughs> um, I have a lot of proud moments. Um, and but, rightfully so. Uh, but I believe my most proud moment is getting who I am out into the world. That, that was a proud moment for me. Well, so. and your album co cover is just beautiful. There is this yeah. um, really pretty picture of you on the front of it. And it, it looks very much like your profile picture. I'm just throwing them up here. Yes. Um, but it is a beautiful song and I'm so excited for you. Um, when you think about um, what do you want to be known for? What comes to mind? What do you want to leave this world with? I want to leave this world um, making, I want to leave this world with a positive impact on people. That's why, that's why so, like at some point in the future, I want to help, I want to, help other people write songs and tell their stories because it's it's one thing to it's one thing to want to tell your story that i mean that's a great thing but the the greatest thing is is helping is helping the next person in line um is is helping the next person in line who wants to tell their story and who who wants to write a song who wants to become a a good singer or a songwriter so i want to I want to leave a positive. I want to leave a positive influence or impact on people uh, when I when I leave this earth. Well, and I think you're doing just that. You, like I said, you've got such a um, awesome future in front of you. I mean, for being 20 years old, I didn't even I didn't know what I wanted to do at 20 years old. And you're out there performing with these headliners. You're you're um, you have a beautiful voice. You're playing mm -hmm. everywhere. I just want to make sure that you have the visibility that you so uh, rightly deserve. Oh, so thank you. where can people, I know you, you said a couple things like on YouTube and you mentioned iTunes, but let's make sure that everyone knows where to find you. All right. Um, I can be found on Facebook at Sarah Hardwig. Um, I can be found on, oh, by the way, it's Sarah with an H. And then Hardwig, H-A-R-D-W-I-G. You can also find me on Instagram at Sarah Hardwig Official. I'm on YouTube as well under Sarah Hardwig Music. 
Um, and uh, you can also keep up to date with me in what I'm doing on my website at sarahhardwig.com. Great. Thank you. And you know what? I just realized, Sarah, that I, and I had been making sure that I put a D on hard wig. And now on this thing, if you look on my left, with all of our technical difficulties early on, I put a T. So it is oh. H-A-R-D as in dog, W-I-G. So yes, I'm so that's, sorry that's for that. Correct. Yep. Um, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today, Sarah. And also, I have um, someone who is making you a custom bracelet. Um, I know you can't see this, but I put a, I'm going to put a picture up here of it. It's um, it's kind of a wide band, and they take um, they kind of take this leather. They take leather belts and they refurbish them, and then it has this beautiful like turquoise um stone that's round and so i'm hoping that you can put that on your arm and and play it and um you know maybe it'd be a conversational piece oh thank you thank you so you're much welcome wow i'll be sending that to you um here shortly that's sweet of you but thank you so much again i just want to make sure that again everybody go out look at sarah's um websites and uh, check her out on YouTube and subscribe to her account. Uh, she's got a beautiful voice and I appreciate you so much. Um, and if you like what you're hearing, make sure that you also look at the See the Unseen uh, podcast. And that's the end of our show. Uh, Sarah, do you have anything else you want to add or? Nope. Other than thank you again, Melissa, for having me on. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure having a conversation with you. Good luck to you, Sarah. Thank you.